Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally, something good to talk about. Welcome to the PHNX Sun Devils post-game show brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download now using code PHNX to get $150 in free bets when you place just one or more dollar on any football game. I'm Shane Diefenbach. Brittany will be here in a second. There's some audio stuff going on, and she will be here soon. But Sun Devils fans, get in the comments. How are we feeling? Finally, something worth talking about um, and not in any bad way. Um, I, I, I genuinely was very impressed. This was one of the first times um, that I saw a uh, an ASU team put something complete together and I was able to highlight more good than bad on um, on my on my good and bad chart. There's more good than there's bad to talk about tonight. Um, so I, I'm, I'm super excited to get into it. Uh, got a celebratory white claw. Mm. But yeah, let's just, uh, let's, let's start with, uh, what Jaden looked like in the pocket, outside of the pocket, everything that was going on. Um, zero second half points after mediocre first half defensively. It, yeah, that, I mean, that's the biggest thing to me was this defense that stepped up, um, especially in the red zone. Obviously there was huge stops uh, going down and uh, an unsung or an unlikely hero um, at the end of the game uh, uh, by Eric Gentry, the freshman uh, that came in uh, flying and read that RPO perfectly that had been killing the devils all night. Um, But man, there are so many people that stepped up in this game. We'll get to each one by one. Um, but at the start in that first quarter, it really, really felt like it was going to be another scary uh, late game situation that was caused by self-sabotage. But speaking of self-sabotage, we played a self-sabotageur tonight. Um, the Devils faced their their themselves and not in the way that the Devils have been facing themselves before when it's ASU versus ASU. Um, there were a lot of penalties, a lot of drops some weird play calling on UCLA's end, but the most imp- important part was the Devils were able to capitalize on those. And um, th- that was that, that was huge for this team. Uh, the the running backs, as always, uh, the, the thing that sets these this running back core apart from everybody else in the um, NCAA right now, uh, especially in the Pac-12, is how patient they are finding holes. Jaden does this too. Rashad White, uh, Chip, they're so patient. They don't just run right into the, the teeth of the defense. Um, and it, it, it speaks volumes for how, um, how great of a, of a mind is behind some of these guys, uh, how experienced they are for their age. Um, the patience that were that led to another Rashad white touchdown um, Jaden. And on that last drive that kind of sealed it, uh, it, it was it, it was beautiful. I mean, the, I really really enjoyed what I saw on the offensive end uh, in that second half, um, and it didn't look like they were going to be able to execute on um, 
these unforced errors that UCLA was making. But I mean, Jaden just such a natural runner. Um, he had some Russell Wilson type moon balls tonight to Ricky Pearsall. Um, Curtis Hodges showed up at the end of the game. I mean, everybody was contributing. Um, LV Bunkley Shelton threw a couple of great blocks, surprisingly, especially on that screen pass. Uh, and let me see what Brittany's saying. Um, she says, tell the viewers StreamYard is being a effing dick. Um, so viewers, that's what's happening to Brittany right now. She'll be in here as soon as she can. Um, but it's it, it's it, it's a it's a real win, Sun Devils fans. It's a it's a real complete win, uh, and there isn't much else to say about um, this team right now other than I'm excited. Yeah, Jaden was dropping bombs tonight. This this was this was the Jaden Daniels that I'm sure he missed, but Sun Devils fans definitely missed. Um, he he he's a great runner, and I say this a lot. He's a great runner, but he doesn't want to be. Um, known as a runner he wants to to be that pocket guy that can escape like russell wilson does um like the greats do like all good quarterbacks with legs do they're a quarterback that's what their position is they throw the football and he was using that as a last resort almost and he was taking what the defense was giving them or giving him and i mean he he he's just so composed he, he's been composed since he was a true freshman and it keeps building on it and building on it and the three interceptions versus the two touchdowns that he had coming into this game, um, it, it, it shows that he takes that seriously. And Jaden's the hardest person on himself. Um, I, I, I do think this was his best overall game since his freshman year uh, when he faced Oregon. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just – I'm juiced right now. Um, let's talk defense. Um, let's talk Darian Butler. Let's talk DJ Davidson. Darian Butler is strong and DJ Davidson is large. Uh, Darian Butler reminds me a lot of Jamal Adams, the way he flies around the field. He's that plug and play kind of guy. Um, and if he gets his hands on you, you're not getting out of the tackle. He's so strong, so physical um, and really smart uh, with his, with, with the way he reads the ball and especially the RPOs with a guy like DTR in the backfield. Um, I do. ASU should be ranked after this win. Um, the BYU loss is looking better and better as they continue to win. Um, but I'd be very, very surprised if ASU wasn't ranked after this. <clears throat> um, corners, again, some shaky play in the first half. Um, but I, I think they were kind of handicapping themselves by not bringing a ton of pressure the whole game. Um, you saw that on third down, the third and three in the third quarter, I believe, uh, when they brought pressure. Brittany is here. Let's go. Brittany. Dude, okay, I don't know what you talked about. First and foremost, I would be remiss if I didn't say, fuck you, StreamYard. This is like the third time this has done this to me for my own live show, and I can't get on. And then I have to come out to my desktop, which takes forever to start up, because I'm not it's anticipating right. I'm going to have to get on this. Right. And then it just slows my hey, whole process down. So, hey, this, hello. If, if Great this was a win, though. Yeah, if this was a loss, I, I would assume uh, you would be a lot more mad right now. Um, I honestly probably would be okay with it to be like, I don't want to get on here and talk about this. <laughs> I'm like excited. So I want to come talk yeah. about this. And I'm like, God, come on, computer. Yeah. So, um, yes. Yeah, hey, yeah, how welcome. about them devils, though? Oh, yeah. I, I was just, I was kind of touching on everything. I was sprinkling back and forth, responding to some comments. Um, I was talking about the defense before you joined. Um, I was saying uh, that. Yeah, Ben don't break defense. Yeah. That's the shit I like. Um, yep. I'm okay with them going down to 
you know, the red zone and giving up three points if that's what they have to take. But um, it's still not um, the seven that they would have given up in the past. And, you know, I just I think there's been a huge um, improvement overall, really, um, in the last couple weeks. I think maybe that BYU loss was what the team needed to, to humble them. But um, I, I was pretty impressed with the defense uh, once things started getting rolling. And especially in the second half, I mean, they didn't allow UCLA to score at all in the second half. And I think that's yep. absolutely phenomenal, especially when you look at what um, a Chip Kelly coach team normally is able to do absolutely. and uh, really how explosive their offense has been all year. Yeah. And the thing that really, really juices me up is what we talked about. They got a little bit of a feel last week of it. Um, that kind of swagger that starts to build on itself. Um, the defense starts building stops together. Um, that first uh, drive touchdown in the second half really started that. And then they got the goal line stand and then they got the ball back. And that, that the swag that keeps building on itself, it's something that this ASU team needs. And even when they're on the road, they showed that they can they can get to that point and, and elevate. So I, I was very, very impressed with that. I just, okay. And I said on Friday show, when I picked against ASU, you were really surprised, but um, I really was just not sure if they were going to be able to put everything together into one package on the field. And I said, I would eat my words, which I'm going to. Um, but I, I just, I'm blown away. I said it, I, I said it earlier, early in the week and it, it came true. The matchup was the biggest thing for me. I think both these teams were pretty equally talented. Um, you know, they have a great uh, running quarterback and DTR, um, a really well coached team. Their defense is okay. Um, I, it, it was, it was a lot better than it usually is on against the past tonight. Um, but to me, the, only having to focus on stopping DTR in that run game, I think I thought ASU was able to do that. And it was getting a little scary in the first half because the thing you can't do with this UCLA team is let them get a lead because mm -hmm. they, they have trouble playing from behind. And it, it showed they can't they can't open their playbook to whatever they want when they're down, you know, two scores in, in the third quarter. And once you start bringing pressure, uh, that DTR's strong suit isn't getting the ball out quickly. It's it's waiting it's for the read and 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 running when he needs to. Um, but yeah, it, the 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 defense it was complete in that second half. Um, and again, the swag it, it showed. Um, the corners were getting juiced. Some big hits. Uh, Darian Butler flying across the field. Um, some some young guys stepping up, as I mentioned earlier. Um, and Eric Gentry on the goal line, uh, reading that read option. It's, it, it's, it's something you really just love to see as a Sun Devils fan. And it really is. And, you know, without Evan Fields out there tonight, it, there was a kind of a bit of a question as to who was going to step up because Fields mm -hmm. is a guy who does a lot of that work right there, getting those big stops. And so for him to come out as a freshman and have that kind of performance, it, it says a lot about him and what his future and his potential is, but uh, kind of just about, you know, I guess the culture that they're starting to bring back to the program of helping each other work harder, push actually truly pushing each other to be better and not just saying it, but, but practicing what you preach every single mm -hmm. day, day in day out. And, you know, not just because, you're trying to look the part, but actually because it's what you're supposed to do when you're committed to the to doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, one thing I touched on before you joined was how ASU, it was, this was the first time they played themselves, but not in the way they've been doing it. Um, they played another self-sabotaging team. Um, 
And one one play I want to highlight um, that kind of exemplifies that is their UCLA's first drive um, in the second half on a third down. Uh, it was a third and three. And I don't know if it was a weird play call by Chip Kelly or it was the wrong read by DTR, but he, he aired it out um, mm-hmm. into double coverage and that got broken up. And then ASU ended up getting the ball back. And that was kind of the swing for me. I thought that stop getting the ball back, juicing up this defense and firing up the offense to go want to score again, um, even though they didn't after that. I thought it was a huge turning point because it, it, it not only takes away faith in UCLA's offense, but it instills faith in, UC, in ASU's defense. And the uh, as I keep saying, the juice just builds on each other and it boils up. And in the fourth quarter, I mean, still when it was a nine point game, it felt like the game was over. Yeah, it it really did. I I felt like at that point the game already was put away as well. I mean, um, Mm -hmm. I think you kind of just know with how both teams are able to run the clock out unless something really, really wild were to happen. Which isn't out of the question with ASU. (laughs) Yeah, Um, but. What was I going to say? I was going to say something that has, it was, oh, I felt like a big um, defining moment uh, that I saw was the fumble recovery early on that ASU's defense had. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because if they wouldn't have gotten that, that recovery um, yeah. and they fought for that because UCLA sure. looked like they had it. He dove in there and ripped yeah. it out and somehow came up with it. Mm-hmm. And I know ASU was only able to put three points on the board, but still, I think of that as, you know, UCLA's offense did start out pretty hot. So if they would have been able to continue yep. that again, um, I, I just feel like at least ASU's defense was able to break up that rhythm a little bit, put three points of their own back on the board, match it, and, you know, kind of at least get in their heads a little bit. Yeah. Jay Karch, that uh, that unnecessary roughness was very ASU-like. Um, I saw that, and and on the replay when they showed it, the the line judge was standing in the middle of the field, staring at him, um, and he just dove. That it was it was bizarre. It was a very ASU level mistake, and 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 it, it, it's 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 almost a little weird to be on the other side of it, but it makes it gives you a, a warm feeling in your heart knowing that this team can capitalize on mistakes. Um, because Brittany, yeah. after that, after they recovered that fumble that you were talking about, you saw how pessimistic I was when I was texting you. I was like, yeah, it's, not, like it's not a turnover. It's not an unforced turnover. Yeah, we'll touch on the special team mistakes in a second. Um, yeah, we'll Bailey, talk about the bad. bad. We'll talk about the bad later. Let's get let's get the good out first. But yeah, I was very pessimistic because, uh, as you said, if they continue that drive and score, I feel like the game is over. I was telling I was telling people I was watching the game with. I was like, listen, like. Like this game is over if they go go get a touchdown right now. The ASU can't stop them. They don't know what to do. And um, obviously, I was probably being a little dramatic, uh, but at the <laughs> same time, it kind of did feel like that. Uh, that this this bend don't break offense was like a like a a wooden ruler that doesn't bend at all and it just snaps. Yeah, um, but you know what I did feel like we saw from ASU's offense tonight was really really great play calling by Zach yes. Hill. This is exactly what we have wanted to see his playbook come to life. Jaden Daniels looked absolutely phenomenal. We saw Ricky Pearsall step up as a huge receiver. My big question right now, is he going to be ASU's next guy? Um, At this point, it's looking like it's trending that way because every week he's starting to do a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. Um, And, you know, I think it's great. I think he also has a little bit of that hometown connection, that hometown feel. He went to Corona del Sol. He's a Tempe Uh kid. So I think that there's a little bit of uh, extra additional motivation that lies within that factor for him to 
to thrive and to exceed um, on the field um, or succeed. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, but but I, yeah, I, I do. I do want to talk about this question, Jake Hartz. Um, I was screaming this uh, when DTR would get out of the pocket. I was screaming because they had a lot of contain going, but there was no spy. I mean, there 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 were some spies like, occasionally, but for the most part, that was not the game plan. I think the game plan was to keep him in the pocket and um, not let him scramble to outside of the tackles. But what he was doing was he was just running up the middle. So I was I was losing my mind because um, Merlin would set up there, or Darian Butler would set up in the middle of the field. And then it would it, it looked like they were playing a spot, but they were just playing like a deep hook or something in the middle, like a 10-yard hook, and then they'd fall over a receiver, and that's when he would break out. So, I mean, ASU won. So I'm I'm not going to be the one to say, like, no, this is uh, – like they should have had a spy for sure. But I would have liked to see what would have happened. Um, maybe Herm knows something we don't. Maybe taking that corner that would have been in coverage uh, as that spy – or the linebacker that would that wouldn't have been able to drop back because he is a spy um, would have hurt what the game plan was and w- what they were trying to take away. But I I, I do agree um, or I I, I do uh, question it as well. Um, I wonder what the what that idea was with the spy. Um, but as we're talking about now on a post game win show, it turned out all right. You want to know what I wondered during the game? What in the hell is Herm Edwards doing with the clock? Half the time, like, and and I bring this up because it's something that I feel like is ironic because I find myself saying it more and more recently. And I know he likes to manage the clock. Sorry, I have a hair that's like wrapped in my glasses (laughs) and poking me in the eyes. Um, he manages the clock like an NFL coach, which is the I mean, I I get it, but it's not the NFL, this is college, and you got to do things a little bit different. Um, and so I don't always necessarily like how he just waits and waits and waits, and then it's like, ah, we're in rush mode because we got to get shit done. Um, that's not the way that I feel like they should be playing. So, um, you know, I look at, I don't know where I was going with this. I got lost. What was I saying? <laughs> no, yeah, uh, let's, let's just go to, let's go to the, the bad now. Um, I was saying something though. What was I, what was I saying? You, you, you were talking about the, uh, on and off. And w- w- when it comes to the special teams, I don't know where you were going with it. You were just I don't think that's go. what I was saying. I don't think I was saying special teams. All right, let's move on, Brittany. Let's talk about. The I bat. can't remember, but it was important. <laughs> well, if, if you if you remember it, this we'll bring it up. This is the story of my life. Half the time, my brain doesn't work. I didn't take all it out right. all the day. I have no fuck. Yeah, I, my focus is gone. Like my concentration level doesn't exist. Let's let's talk bad. Um, as we said, fast start for that UCLA UCLA offense. It looked what it looked bad. Um, and then the first of one or the first of two really bad plays by DJ Taylor. Um, the kick return. Well, he he caught the ball, ran those were terrible sideways, and then decided to take it out. Um, and it'd be one thing if he gets to the twenty because it's not the twenty-five; it's the twenty in college. But he didn't yeah. even get close that time. And then on the second time he did it, he didn't get close either. Um, and then obviously the muffed punt, which was I mean that it was a total brain fart. And I get why he is the main return guy. Um, you saw him not uh, come out. For the for the punts, uh, it was Bunkley Shelton. Bailey got it. Her running the clock. The clock. Back to that in a second. Continue. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but yeah. So so th- that was one of the worst things I saw was was the brain fart and how um how how they kind of oversee the potential of of what uh, DJ Taylor can do when he's returning yeah. the ball um, as opposed to him being you know a young guy who makes mistakes but i like the confidence in him just he's you gotta talk someone's gotta get figured out because he's made some pretty boneheaded plays so far this year yeah i mean he's got he makes good ones that almost make up for the bad ones but the bad ones are still ingrained in your head so you still remember those ones too so then you sit Mm -hmm. there and you're like 
right, get to your yeah. herm running the clock. Yeah, okay, anyway, so I don't understand how he runs the clock half the time. Going back to that, uh, I used to always complain about Todd Graham and how he was just piss poor at clock management, right? Um, and I almost feel like Herm is bad, but it's hard to say he's bad when you compare it to Todd Graham. But they're both bad, just in different ways. Anyway, that's yeah. all I wanted to say. It was no, something I thought well, about earlier. It was really bizarre to me because, as Jay Cards brings up, he called the timeout after third down, but then when it was fourth, he decided not to call it and let the clock run down. Um, which is weird to me because the the only the only defense I have was I believe it was fourth and four, fourth and five, maybe. So maybe it was the it was the thought that there's there there's going to be only 14 seconds left on the clock. Um, so they they wouldn't go for it um, because they they uh, they wouldn't have enough time to end up getting points. Um, but if you call a timeout with 40 seconds left, then if they pick up the first down, then there might be enough time to you know the clock stops after you get the first down and then go get a field goal or whatever. That's the only defense I have. Um, but if that if that's your idea, then just don't call the first timeout on third down. It's a it's a little bizarre, but it's kind of a minuscule thing. Um, if we would if they wouldn't have muffed the punt, it would be uh, 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 non-existent. It wouldn't have mattered, but ultimately it did. Unfortunately. And then it didn't because they won. <laughs> it was just a uh, one of those things that left me sitting there like questioning again. Because this isn't the first time that I've been there this year. And then I was also there last year and the season before that. So it's, it's like one of those things that just keeps coming up. But it's not it's not one of the things that's glaring enough that it sits in the forefront of your mind where you're always thinking about like, that's really an area of concern but sometimes it pops up and you're like dude what like what are you doing yeah yeah um the uh the unfortunate targeting on solely uh in the third quarter uh, yeah it, I, it, that was not well, a good call even well, uh, so, i mean so this, i don't this, always this... feel like the commentators are right but even the commentators were in agreement that that was a terrible call. Well, yeah, they brought um, Blandino on. Um, I I still think it should have been targeting um, because he did hit him in the head. I don't think it should have been an ejection. But with a guy like DTR, it's impossible to know if he's going to juke or slide because when they showed that slow-mo replay, even in slow motion, he puts his foot in the ground at first and then decides to slide. So it looks like he's going to cut left, and and uh, there's just nothing you can do as a defender. And that it's the rule, and I completely understand and agree that the rule should be in place because the head and neck hits are very dangerous. But if you put yourselves in a linebacker or corner shoes that's flying at the quarterback uh, downfield, I mean, it's it's impossible. It's a bang-bang play. There's, there's not much you can do except for keep your head up and try to avoid the head. But even then, it's, it's, it's really hard. So that was yeah. an unfortunate I mean, it's thing, just but one of those things. Yeah, um, I think that that might have been the game. You're going to get yeah. calls like that sometimes, but I'm not a yeah, fan think, of that one, especially that like just in that situation. I really just yeah. thought it was a bad call. I think that might have been one of the only low points of that of that uh, second half. Uh, I there were so many parts on my the bad segment uh, on my notes, and they all stopped. They almost all stopped at the end of the first half. Um, a lot of what ASU was doing that was scaring me in the first half was they were getting gift after gift, you know, the missed field goal that they didn't capitalize on, um, the drops, um, and then they would get too many men on the field. They had three of those. Um, luckily yeah, they cleaned I, that those was up. something that I was thinking too. How, like, why are they ha having such an issue defensively getting everything, like, set up to go? Like, how are these substitutions messing with you guys that much? Are you that not prepared right now? 
And then they ended up, whatever they did at halftime, they came back out and they looked light years better. They looked like a completely different team. Gave up no points. Looked like a completely different team. Um, And yeah, I I really wonder what what that miscommunication or disconnect is um, because I believe one of them was Rashad White trying to get off of the field, or maybe it was Chip. It was one of the running backs. Um, And I'm just, I'm curious to know. I want to get in the minds of the players or the coaches, and I want to know. I almost wish it was the players' faults, you know, because it'd be worse if it was the coaching staff. So I, I just want to know where that comes from and how that's happening. Um, again, in week five, I don't want to keep saying this. How is this happening in week blank every week? But I mean, man, it, it, it's it's just not. Yes, low tone Capone. Let's fucking go. Yes, bring that energy, baby. Let's go. Uh, I'm still super juiced. Uh, we we we. Talked I'm excited about, about yeah. the win. I think it's it's a big win. Uh, I think we really need to touch on the fact that under Herm Edwards, ASU has never been 2-0 to start out conference play. Ever since mm-hmm. Herm Edwards has arrived, they've dropped their first conference game of the season every year except this year. So winning against Colorado was huge uh, in that aspect in itself. Then you throw on a road win against UCLA, making it 2-0. and um, That's going to be really big. And I think if they're able to make it 3-0 and this upcoming week against Stanford, that might be a definitive turning point in terms of uh, really solidifying their spot uh, as they push towards being the Pac-12 South winners and ultimately going to be the hopefully the Pac-12 South champions later on. But I think it's going to be a turning point because it's going to be a short turnaround. Um, you know, they got to be ready for a Friday night game. And this Stanford team is somebody that, you know, for the past two years before this, I, I felt like Stanford was really hard to figure out on a week-to-week basis. And then this year, I feel like they're finally a little bit more solid. They had a couple rough weeks at the beginning, but then they've just been on a tear ever since that upset over uh, USC, you know. Um, I think that coming into this game for them, it's going to be a lot to prepare for. Because well, if and you pay attention up. to Stanford, they really don't have much depth um, to begin with. It's really hard for them to get uh, as many guys uh, on scholarship there because not as many kids meet their academic standards that they set. Um, and then when you're already that small and that depleted, and then you also factor in with everything that happened last year with the transfer portal, kids weren't really transferring into Stanford. They were transferring out. Um, and then they got really banged up in today's game against Oregon. I mean, yes, they pulled off a huge win. Hats off to Stanford. By the way, if you watch that game, it reminded me of Christmas, especially with, you know, Stanford's <laughs> stupid tree. That was like you the icing the on top of the tree so much. Christmas thing. But, um, yeah, it's like, you know, they're, they're going to have a lot to overcome. They're, they they're have gonna... a short week of practice. They're yeah. back on the road. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot for Stanford to come into this game. Um, I personally, after ASU's victory tonight against UCLA feel very positive going into this game on a short turnaround week. Yeah. I mean, they're going to be, they're going to be fired up obviously after upsetting Oregon, um, as low tone component pointed out, their starting quarterback did get injured, uh, the play before they sent it into overtime, I believe. So there's nothing on that yet. I don't think, um, but. I mean, they're they're on top and of the world right now. And that's not their only injury. Um, yeah. They have a lot of injuries to their defense right now, mm-hmm. which I think um, ASU should be able to capitalize on, especially with, uh, you know, now that we've seen what – hi, Mike. <laughs> uh, especially now that we've seen um, everything that 
they're starting to uh, be able to do with this Zach Hill offense now that they're starting to get a little bit more acclimated and acquainted with each other and with him and with his playbook getting back into you know the loud environment and that's another thing I think ASU did really well with the sound tonight um you know they're home next week before they're back on the road at Utah and I think Utah is going to be more hostile than UCLA was in terms of the noise level so I think that they're going to have a little bit of a uh, a test concerning that, but you know, for now they're not going to have to worry about that too much coming back home. So I think it's going to be good. Um, I'm excited for what uh, their game plan is for this week. I'm excited to get out to practice, see how things go. And yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I forgot to mention earlier that was understated. So not only Eric Gentry and Eric Gentry, the true freshman linebacker making that huge uh, goal line stand on DTR, but the play before that, um, Jordan Clark uh, coming in at corner for one of the few times he played, uh, he had one of the most unbelievable wrap-ups I've seen on not only a player, but especially a guy yeah. like DTR who is so impossible to bring down. Um, I, low Tone Capone, was terrified to bet on the over. Um, I, <laughs> I didn't touch the over-under because of how much was – uh, how, how much these teams can run the ball. Um, I was honestly kind of scared that you uh, say they would take the lead and run, but that brings me into our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. It's America's top-rated sportsbook. If you want to bet the over or the under in any football game, you can head over to their uh, sportsbook app. It's fantastic, super easy to use, safe, it's secure, it's reliable, and the best part is you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download that DraftKings Sportsbook app, use code PHNX, Get $150 in free bets instantly when you place just one or more dollar on any football game this week, no matter what. Um, 21 plus Arizona only gambling problem. Call 1 800 next step. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wage required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See slash sportsbook for details. If you think I'm sweating right now, it is because I am, because I had um, ASU money line parlayed with Fresno State covering and they just completely exploded. They're down 27 to 24 and with two minutes to go. Um, and I made that bet on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Um, so if you want to make bets like this and sweat at 11.36 p.m. with me, go ahead and download that app. It's super fun, super easy to use. Um, and uh, you can get some free money to play around with. Uh, makes this a little bit easier rather than me sweating, drinking a White Claw in my room, talking to you at 11.36. Well, if you want to shave your balls with no issues, <laughs> you should... Use our use our promo code and sign up for Manscaped. <laughs> use the code PHNX when you go to manscaped.com and you'll get 20% off plus free shipping. I don't know any other way to segment into that. Um, my I care package game. I don't have balls to shave of my own, but I do have this trimmer to use for this. So I'm just going to go with it for that. Um, well, not only is it a fantastic product that Manscaped delivers, I also got my care package. Um, but right now you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code PHNX at manscaped.com. Um, oh, you mean exactly what I said at the beginning? Yeah, but I'm, but I'm, I wanted to read this part. That's why. Actually, I also had my headphones off because I was terrified for what you're going to say next. Slay your word cubes <laughs> and keep your dagger clean with Manscaped. Um, yeah, get that. It's super. It's super fun. Uh, it's it's not super fun. That's DraftKings. DraftKings is super fun. Cool. Manscaped, Manscaped could <laughs> be super fun. Super fun to shave your balls with these it with could these be. hair trimmers. It is. It is actually because of the uh, LED light that's on it. Um, oh. Yeah. It's it's it, yeah. It makes it really easy. 
Um, so yeah, head over to Manscaped. Use that code PHNX. Get twenty percent off and free shipping. Uh, only at Manscaped.com. What are you um, sipping on tonight? I got a white claw, uh, black cherry. I got my dogfish head brewery. Nice. That this I was is more about. of a those vodka soda, yeah. blueberry, whatever blueberry this is, shrub. This is more of really a, good. This is more of a prop than anything. I'm just gonna go to bed right after this. I think. I've had one. This is still half full, and I have more work to do. So I'm gonna stay up and just work. Speaking of work, are you um are you writing post game right now? I'm about to start. That's exactly Woo! what I'm gonna do. Where can they find that when it's posted? You can find that on gophnx.com. Make sure you get over there, sign up. It's a little bit late, uh, but my next story on the ASU uh sleeping giant series should be up by tomorrow. After sitting down and talking with some people about it, I felt like I needed a little bit more of something to add to this one before putting it out there um, in terms of really bringing everything around full circle for this first story. So uh, I got that today uh, and I didn't want to publish it during the game because I felt like that was just a terrible time to put something like that up. So it'll be going up tomorrow and I'll be sharing it on social media for you. And I hope you guys look out for it and read it and share your thoughts with me on it because I worked a ton with it. And hell yeah, low tone Capone to Jim Beam. Yes, sir. Um, if you want to catch some whiskey sipping tomorrow mor- morning, tomorrow morning, tomorrow morning, um, tomorrow morning, type of the morning for you. <laughs> 9 a.m. I'll be on the uh, tailgate show that we do, and we'll probably do another shot of whiskey to start. It's a fun show, and you can support me because my turnaround is god awful. It starts at nine. The office is like 45 minutes away from me, so I got to drive in. Enough about me. Let's talk more ASU. Um, closing thoughts. Uh, what was your favorite part of the night uh, watching from your couch or wherever you watched? And I want, Ricky I want your Saul. I want answers in the chat from you guys too. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, one Ricky thing, Saul, you know, I love the fact that he's a local kid. You know, I really feel like his game where he came into himself was last year against U of a, that was really where he was able to kind of stand out and make a name for himself. Um, at least a little bit. He was able to finally do a little bit more work, and we heard his name called a little bit more in the game against U of A. And I really thought it was significant because of the game that he did it in because he's a local kid, you know? Um, And then seeing him come into this year, and yes, he did have a drop pass tonight, and he's had a couple other drop passes this year, but he really did have huge clutch plays tonight for really long touchdowns and you know, he just looked phenomenal. He looked like, out of every receiver on the team, he looked like he, um, his catches were the most significant so far For sure. in terms of advancing ASU in any game that they've really been in. Um, I mean, Curtis Hodges had a really good catch a couple weeks ago. Um, LV Bunkley Shelton had a couple, but you know, I just think being able to put two of them together in tonight's game for those enormous touchdowns, um, the fact that he's a local kid. You know, I'm I'm a fan. I'm yeah, about we'll, it. I'm a fan of his performance tonight. I think he yeah, was, yeah. You get my vote for uh, outstanding performance of the night. That's why he's on the thumbnail, baby. Um, speaking of Pearsall, uh, the so obviously it was a great play call. The screen, his first touchdown. Um, well, before I talk about that, the drop you've mentioned that was the first time he was targeted, I believe, in the game that he dropped it. After that. No drops. So I love that type of player that puts it behind him. But the screen that was called, um, not only was it a great play call, but it was a perfect read and a good block thrown by LV Bunkley Shelton. He faked outside. 
chose the right way by going inside, and then his speed took him the rest of the way. And my favorite part about that play was it wasn't actually the play itself, but after the touchdown and the extra point, they cut to the sidelines, and the first thing you saw was uh, Pearsall going over to Bunkley Sheldon and uh, giving him props for that block, uh, which is awesome because it's a really, really underrated thing that receivers are good at. Um, some receivers are a receiver that is also a good blocker. The beautiful, the beautiful package. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's like tight ends. I mean, I love a tight end. I love me a tight end that actually gets some action and can block. Yeah. Um, I know like Gronk was a wildcat, but he is one of like my favorite tight ends mm-hmm. to this day still. Um, just his ability and what he does on the field, but that's also why he's so beat up and has a back of like a 90 year old, but, um, you know, Hey, um, let's get to some of these, uh, favorites. Uh, first one I saw was that goal line stand. Yes. That was, that got me so fired up. I stood up, I did a little dancey dance. Um, I was stoked. Uh, yeah, as we mentioned, the uh, two pretty, uh, unexpected heroes came through, um, for that stop, uh, and it, it, I, th- I just thought it was so fun with seeing Eric Gentry and Jordan Clark be those guys when people like Darian Butler and Merlin was kind of quiet tonight, but people like Darian Butler and uh, Chase Lucas yeah, and Jack Merlin, Jones. Merlin wasn't making a ton of noise, but you but know, he but he was I always in the okay play. He was always in the play. That's all that matters. He didn't he did he didn't show up much on the stat sheet, but he was always disrupting the run game. Um, Bailey says uh, the bombs thrown by Jaden. His yep. deep ball was perfect tonight. I mean, it cannot get any b- better than that. Um, the Gordian Porter uh, throw to start the game was one of the best balls I've seen him throw at ASU. Uh, I was shocked it, he caught that. Yeah, I was, was like going adjustment. insane. It was I was a like, great what? adjustment. Yeah, um, it was a great ball, but a well, really good adjustment. Uh, that type of ball is so hard to throw. I'm, I mean, of course it is, but it, it's even harder than it looks uh, because it, you have to throw it so well, high j- let's, that let's... it drops straight down. Put it out there. Jaden makes it look pretty easy, though. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he makes everything look easy. The way he runs, he runs so, like, obviously he's patient, but he runs so smooth. It doesn't even look like he's running fast. Like, if you just took him, um, like, in a black void and you didn't see anything behind him running or moving, you wouldn't know how fast he was running. You'd think he was jogging. He's just so smooth with everything. He's always so composed, and he he he, he shows that in his running style, and I love it. He's just such a fun uh, uh, quarterback to root for. Um, Jake Hart really says is. he brings a lot of energy and a lot of intensity. Yeah. That 95 yard uh, drive that was near the seven minute. Uh, yeah. N- the 95 that was near the seven minute yard drive um, for the fourth quarter goal line stand. Yep. Um, so right after the goal line stand, that long ass drive. Yeah. Shane uh, texts me and perfect. goes, they have to score right yeah. here. Yeah. Um, I believe Curtis Hodges was the one that started that drive. Oh my God. Speaking of play calling, how much faith do you have to have in your quarterback to call a uh, a designed quarterback rollout when you're backed up on your own two yard line and Jaden like threw a strike to Curtis Hodges and that started that seven minute drive. Stay disciplined, yes, they stayed disciplined on that drive and it yeah it was great to see. I, I loved that drive. It was exactly what ASU fans have been wanting. Um, again, capitalizing on mistakes, capitalizing on a big stop. You know, keeping that momentum on your back. Uh, mm-hmm. as, yeah, as Brittany said, I texted her. I was like, this, this needs to be a scoring drive. They need to score because if they don't, that stop means nothing. And their UCLA is right back in this game. Um, Bailey said, um, I think a big, yeah, ASU did ASU have big. a lot more yeah. big offensive plays yeah, than sure. UCLA did. Uh, a lot more explosive plays. Uh, as they said, 
uh, during the broadcast. If you guys were listening, uh, ASU's defense has not, has not plays more than 40 yards this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of a stat that they tend to keep from year to year. Um, I think last year they might've given up a couple plays, uh, in the, I, I don't know. I think it was the USC game. They gave up a big play like that last year. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm not hundred percent sure, but they, they normally are one of the few remaining teams that, uh, is yet to give up a play of 40 yards or more by about the midway point in the season. So it's nice to see that once again, this year, they're back on that, uh, same stat page right up there again yeah. especially all the other troubles that they kind of have been dealing with and have been struggling with so yeah uh one thing about the fast start that actually gives me a lot of um hope in this te- in this defense especially team defense as a whole is how how hopeless it almost looked at the start um when UCLA was getting whatever they wanted um and a defense that's able to adjust is an, is what it takes to be an elite level defense. And I thought they adjusted really well um, by kind of giving DTR that room to run. But again, the bend don't break mentality you saw in the second half, and that, that that's where good defense turns to great defense. And I thought they were a great defense in that second half. Second half performance uh, by ASU was pretty much just lights yeah. out um, in almost in most sense senses of the word i mean it's about the the best football those are the best two quarters of football asu has played all year this year in my Mm -hmm. opinion so um kind of the same in the same vein but give me your biggest takeaway from this game tonight and again chat you can communicate what you thought the biggest takeaway was i can go first if you want to think about it do you want me to go first yeah, you go first. Okay. Um, I, my, have, I have like two, so I'm kind of torn between which yeah, one I should say. My biggest takeaway is that if you get the ball in Rashad White or Chip Tranum's hands, no matter if it's a screen, it's a swing, or you're just handing the ball off, good things will happen. Um, as I've mentioned this whole show, the patience exhibited by these running backs is not only so um, the notions of an experienced running back and uh, – confident running back but it's also just what a smart and talented running back does and Rashad White with his speed even though he has the afterburners and can fire him on he's so patient he you, you always see him if, if, if it's a deep handoff or even if it's just a dive he takes that extra second to kind of read what's open this is my this is this a gap is supposed to be the hole that's open but if it's not where am I going and on that touchdown that sealed the game you saw him he was, I think it was just supposed to be a design run up the middle, and he stopped, planted his foot, gave a little hezzy, and was like, the outside, that's where I'm going. And I don't know if that was by design or that's just him being a great natural runner, but good things happen when they touch the ball. Um, the stats on their running was pretty even, I believe. Yeah, Rashad White, nine carries for 69 yards, two touchdowns. Chip Trainum, 15 carries, 62 yards, one touchdown. Um, Trainum got more of the heavy work as we expected, as we've talked about, it's the change of pace back that makes these, these, these this duo so good, um, with Rashad speed and chips, like, um, absolute bulldozer of strength. Um, and uh, yeah, I just, I really, really enjoyed what I saw from both of them tonight. So good things happen when you give them the ball. So my biggest takeaway tonight, I think is going to be the Zach Hill, offensive playbook and how much it allowed the offense to really open up and just let loose. Um, And they really, in my opinion, were 
Like they just took the most chances on first downs. Um, obviously, that's when you want to take the most chances. Um, but ASU actually utilized them. They didn't just, you know, go for something small. They went for it. They went big and they committed. Um, and I say that because 217 of ASU's 274 total yards in the first half came on first down plays. That's a good stat. Yeah. The, the, the most frustrating thing as a fan and just a viewer watching the sport, even if you don't have no skin in the fight is watching a team run the ball blindly on first down and get two yards to set up the run, which is something that ASU could do. They could definitely do that. They could, they could choose to run the ball on first down and, you know, pick up three to set a play action on second down or to take a shot on second down. And, and they have the talent to be able to do that, but they don't because they're, they, they've been more creative and they know that it's working and that they're willing to take shots uh, even when they don't have to. Um, Jake Hart put it perfectly. When ASU doesn't beat themselves, they can beat any team on their schedule. They have that much talent, and I think they do um, at, at, at almost every level. I mean, the wide receiver room is deep. It's young. Um, you know, as we said last week, Johnny Wilson was the one that stepped up last week and Ricky Purcell stepped up this week. And I think we just need to dial it back on saying that there needs to be that one guy. There just needs to be that one guy each game. It doesn't, it, it doesn't have to be consistent. Um, and then yeah. yeah, you go to defense, every single level has, you know, that, that guy, that, that elite player, Darian Butler, uh, and, and Merlin Robertson as linebackers, um, DJ Davidson on the front. Uh, Jack Jones and uh, Chase Lucas on the corner. I mean, they have guys. They have those guys, and that's what you need to succeed in such a tough Pac-12 that, you know, frankly just beats up on each other and spoils each other late in the season. This time it happened earlier to Oregon, but... Um, Dude, the Pac-12 is literal cannibalism. It's just so mean. It's so mean. There's there's just no... There's no room for... for also, um, can we just... Just to throw a little bit of shade at Saul, because <laughs> Saul wanted to be like, "Hey, she's not winning out." Well, Stop well, well, that. no, no, I'm chance. Well, 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 they haven't won out yet. This was probably no, the but they haven't. Slate. But, but I just, uh, you know, he, someone's a very, very salty Wildcats fan whose team is not going to win for more than two years. So. I'm gonna stay away from this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna retreat back in my little turtle shell. But uh, hey, yeah, so what I, if ASU does win out? Then what? Then what? Then maybe no, we make I, him, I, maybe, maybe we make him eat the Jake's flakes. You never know. <laughs> Watch ASU's one loss this year be to BYU, and BYU yes. become the national champs. Boom, Bailey, I just called it. Done. Bailey, you're right. Good night for ASU athletics. ASU hockey won. Um, if you love to see it. We talked about it a little bit last show with Craig Morgan. Um, I'm really excited for, you know, the last dance that is Oceanside Arena, um, despite the I rap problems. I will be problems. going tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to go tomorrow, yeah. get a little video for our show on Tuesday. Um, all right. Well, anything else you'd like to add uh, before we get out of here, Britt? Um... That yeah. was the quickest 47 minutes. I think I blacked out a little bit by celebrating. Um, I got so excited that I got sweaty while I was sitting here talking. Oh, one more takeaway that I saw that one bad takeaway since we have so many good takeaways. Um, 
the so as I mentioned, pressure was the way you get to DTR, and you saw him on that third and five throw um, a, an errant pass that was deflected, and, or I don't even think it was deflected. I think it was just incomplete. Um, then they had to punt in that third quarter. The next drive, the same situation, third and five, no pressure at all. They bring three, I think, drop back into coverage, and he com- and he completes like a twenty-five yard pass. Um, that's something that I think the defensive play calling was a little weird tonight. Um, but with a unicorn guy like DTR, I think it's hard to game plan and come up with a consistent victory um, against uh, an X factor like him. So that's the only other gripe and bad takeaway I have. Other than that, I thought it was a very complete game in the second half. The first half was a little shaky, but overall, you you have to be happy with going into the Rose Bowl and winning by more than uh, by double digits and winning securely um, with the game being over with like ten minutes to go in the fourth. The last time I was at the Rose Bowl, uh, I was it was for the 2019 game, and I was with Joe Healy, and these UCLA fans that were sitting a couple rows uh, in front of us kept turning around, and like their shit talking made no sense because it wasn't like <laughs> actual like insults. It, yeah. it was weird, like, and I want to say they were like smart, like trying to outsmart us. They were just like dorky nerds. And Joe got so pissed off, he told them, like, you don't have the authority to talk to me anymore. Hmm. And they, like, didn't talk to us the rest of the game and, like, stopped bothering us. It was weird. They're just weird fans. I'm not – I don't know. (laughs) All right. Well, Sun Devils fans, I hope we're feeling well. Um, Go out and celebrate this win on a nice Saturday night. Um, We'll be back in studio on Tuesday um, to talk Stanford and other ASU athletics. ASU hockey, volleyball, soccer updates, um, as well as a brief preview into Stanford and what's to come. But good win tonight. Super fun game to watch. Excited for the rest of the year. And um, I'm just ready. Britt, anything else? Not Nothing for me to add, no. Cool. Cheers, Sun Devil fans. Have a good night. Peace. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. <sighs> 